0: was the bottom of the ninth with McGuire up at bat Feeling so at home in my giant ace cap I was eight years old, wearing gold and green From my head to my toes, rap game, Billy Bean She was my first kiss, but I don't think it counts On the kindergarten trip to the Oakland Firehouse Sitting in the stands with her family With the baseball glove her dad handed me As the season unfolded we held our breath, watching Ricky Henderson, the quickest runner in the West. Hello, and welcome Parker, to the podcast the Jokestrap with Wes Hoffman. Here, Wes will discuss two of his favorite things, which are sports and stand-up comedy, the hence the name Jokestrap. Law Jokestrap. Law if you like this episode, please subscribe to us on Spotify, SoundCloud, or iTunes, or wherever podcasts are available. With that being said, please enjoy this episode of Jokestrap. What's up everybody, up here, episode number eighty four, Wes Hoffman in the house. Ah! Always in the house. Can't go anywhere. Quarantine. Ah! I did get out of the house for a little bit today though. Um had a uh outdoor lunch with some coworkers of mine. So that was nice to get outside a little bit. Uh, it's kind of uh, been raining all week and today was a one day it didn't rain, so it's good to get outside, it was still kind of cold, but not too bad, so, anyway, um, welcome to the podcast, Jokestrap, uh, thank you for listening, uh, so far, <laughs> how much more will you listen, I don't know, anyway, um, what is going on everybody, um, like I say in the intro, or like it says in the intro, you know, this is the podcast that talks about comedy and sports, but seeing as there's really not much going on in the world of comedy for me, or in general, um, it's pretty much lately just been about talking about sports. um, And there are some key things that have happened uh, lately in sports, some good, some bad, um, some weird. Um, Let's just start with the NFL, I guess. Football. Football. Last week, Sunday, January 24th, uh, the Buccaneers took care of the Packers and won 31-26. to And the Buffalo Bills, unfortunately, fell short against the Kansas City Chiefs and lost 38-24. to So the Buffalo Bills are the Buffalo Bills still. And <laughs> the Packers, I don't know. I guess Aaron Rodgers has problems in the playoffs. I don't know. But... That being said, uh, we got a Buccaneers-Chiefs-Super Bowl matchup. Do I care who wins? Eh, not really. I mean, kind of cool story for Brady, I guess, because he doesn't have enough cool stories, you know. Kind of want Brady to win just because the Chiefs beat the Niners last year in the Super Bowl. Kind of want the Chiefs to win again just because it is Brady. So, I don't <laughs> you know, whatever. Um, doesn't really matter to me. Um, but yeah, the Super Bowl will be on February 7th because, of course, this coming Sunday, the 31st, is the big ol' Pro Bowl, baby. Pro Bowl is happening. Are you excited? I'm not. I'm not. I don't know anyone who is. Anyway, um, alright guys. So, sticking in the NFL, there are some news coming out of Seattle where shit is ugly, Um, and I don't understand it at all, what is happening here. So this guy, who I had never heard of until this unfortunate incident happened, um, Seahawk Chad Wheeler, he's now ex-Seahawk, he has been released, Um, offensive tackle, this fool apparently attacked his girlfriend like with intent to like hurt her or not even a intent to hurt her like intent to like kill her um and uh then he just left like he left her alone because he thought she was dead and then she later ends up reporting him and he's like shocked that she's still alive. And I was like, the fuck? the fuck's wrong with this guy? Um, he gets arrested, gets put in jail and whatnot, and then he gets released on $400,000 bail. Excuse me? Like, what? What the fuck is that? Should note that Mr. Wheeler, Chad Wheeler, um, is white, um... Remember when Ray Rice beat up his girl and that was all over the news? This Chad Wheeler incident has barely been in the news anywhere compared to that. Um, It's pathetic that uh, more people aren't talking about it. Uh, And... there's an article in USA, USA Today that says, you know, this case shows that NFL teams like society still don't care about domestic violence. Um granted the Seahawks were the ones that decided to release him. It wasn't anything released by the NFL saying, "Okay, we're done with you, you know, you're you're gone." It was the Seahawks that released him. Um it's pretty pathetic. And, uh, but it's not just the NFL that's showing they don't care, it's the law enforcement there, because they release him on $400,000 bail. Like, how can you do that after this dude attempted to kill his girl? Like, it doesn't make sense. Um... yeah so anyway that's frustrating to me and a lot of people um makes me hate the seahawks more of course i mean obviously they have no control what this individual does off the field but um it's kind of dumb uh it's really dumb this guy's a piece of shit, and he should still be in jail. I don't know why he was released. <sighs> Other than him being white and being in sports. Had it been not that, I think he would still be in jail where he belongs. Anyway. Enough of that shit. Um, don't <laughs> That guy doesn't deserve to be talked about too much, but... Just wanted to point that out that that fucking happened. Um, and yeah. And let's see. Moving on here. So, the uh, Major League Baseball um, on Tuesday, uh, the Hall of Fame Baseball, the Baseball Riders of America had their uh, annual vote. Uh, for who should be in the Hall of Fame, and uh, they didn't vote anybody in this year. Now, I'm kinda got, I am kind of have mixed feelings on this. Uh, if you recall last year, Jeter and Walker were supposed to be inducted into the Hall of Fame, and technically they have been inducted. They just didn't get their ceremony due to COVID, so they're going to have their ceremony this year instead. So it's kind of nice in a way that you're not adding anybody to the ceremony with walker and jeter um so that's kind of nice um that it's still kind of separate in a way um but it is weird not to have anybody inducted when there's p P players that definitely deserve it uh the closest one to induction was kurt Schilling at 71%, and in my opinion, he wasn't even deserving, so he shouldn't even have 71%. Uh, Schilling has one more year on the ballot left. Uh, Kurt Schilling has (laughs) sent a note to the Baseball Writer of America saying, like, I want to be removed from the ballot my final year and just wait for the Veterans Committee to vote and claims that, you know, the writers don't know anything about baseball and all this shit. And, well... Schilling can't make a request like that. Um, there's no, nothing in the rules that says players can remove themselves from the ballot. Um, apparently the committee said that they'll look over his request. Um, but if they're sticking to the rules, then they shouldn't be removing him from the ballot. So we'll see how that plays out. Because if they end up removing him like a request, then you've just changed a bunch of stuff. Like, you've changed things that weren't written in the rules. It's like, you're rewriting the rules. You shouldn't be able to do that. Uh, Basically, Shillian's a sore loser. Um, He thinks that he didn't get voted in because there's claims that he's racist. There's claims that he's Nazi. Uh, One thing is true, he went on Twitter and was actually for the attacks on uh the Capitol, like he praised the attacks. So that's another reason people hate him. Um he he's got a screw loose, I think he's he's a nutcase. Um but regardless of all the the stuff about him being a jerk and whatnot, um I just don't think any of his stats make him Hall of Fame worthy. I look at his stats, and the only thing that stands out to me is the career strikeout numbers. He has over 3,000 strikeouts, which is impressive. But everything else, I'm not blown away by his total total number of wins. He has over 200 wins, just barely. Um, And for the time period in which he played, um, I'm not impressed. A player in his time period could have got 300 wins. So him to have barely over 200... Nope, not impressed to me. Now, if you're talking about a player in today's time period, um, yeah, 200 wins, m- maybe it'll get you in because, you know, the pitching rotations have changed and the uh, number of starts you get in a year changes. The number of innings you pitch changes. So there's been a lot of changes since when he played. But during his time period of playing, no. <laughs> 200 doesn't cut it for me. Um, and, uh, He's got like a 3.5 career ERA. It's not bad. It's not stupendous, um, and yeah. So so yeah, not, nothing really stands out aside from the strikeouts for me for Curt Schilling. No Cy Young awards in his career. Um, made some All Star teams, but you know, the only the only reason Schilling's getting votes is because of his performances in the World Series, and while i understand the world series are the big games and the games you want the your players to step up in the playoffs and stuff it's like they you i don't think you should be awarding hall of fame on playoffs alone i don't i don't think that should be a factor so meanwhile uh coming in around 60 61% uh and the voting on tuesday was Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens. So they fall short again. Um, people still don't want to vote for them due to, uh, due to the steroids scandal, apparently. Um, I don't know i I assume they'll get in eventually it's just a matter of time some some claim that they're gonna make stir or they're gonna make Clemens and bonds wait till their final year eligibility before they vote them in um we'll see uh one of my buddies said who cares about the Hall of Fame because you know uh, the voting process is a joke and I agree with that but At the same point, I do care about the Hall of Fame because I think people that should be in should get in. I think Bonds and Clemens belong. I believe Mark McGuire still belongs, even though he's no longer eligible. He'll have to be a Veterans Committee thing if that ever happens, which at this point probably not going to happen. I even think uh, um, Sammy Sosa should be in, Um, although his... His spike in home runs seems a little more evident that it was from drug use, but I don't know um I think Fred McGriff should be in he he got screwed over four hundred ninety three career home runs doesn't get in. I think that's bullshit um I think there's a number of g- Lou Whitaker. Detroit Tigers he should be in Dave Parker he should be in um those are just some guys off the top of my head that I feel like should be in the Hall of Fame um and they aren't so yeah uh, so that's why I still follow it um I think it's weird that they put like things from people in the Hall of Fame like they apparently Mark McGuire's bat from the home run Chase is in the Hall of Fame but he, he himself isn't in the Hall of Fame and I think that's a little weird. Like, we're going to send your item to the Hall of Fame, but you, <laughs> you, you are not allowed, sir. We're not going to put a plaque with your face on it. I don't know. That seems weird. Seems like m- messing with history in a way. Anyway, um, Pete Rose should be in. He should definitely be in the Hall of Fame. You lead all major leagues in hits, you should be in. Barry Bonds has the most career home runs The record books do not say any differently The record books say he has the most career home runs He should be in the Hall of Fame The record books don't say he has the most home runs But like a lot of people are saying But the record books themselves say he has the most home runs There's nothing that says otherwise So why isn't he in the Hall of Fame? Sure, he was a jerk. Yeah, and he admits it now that he should have been better, you know. But you don't know what's going on in his life, right? He, there there might be a reason he doesn't like talking to reporters. Dave Parker was like the same kind of guy player too when he played. He didn't like talking to reporters. Are these guys getting punished because of the relationships with reporters? Are they getting punished for a different reason? I don't know. It's weird. Should be based solely on their plane. With everybody. Omar Vizquel, put him in. I think he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. He's identical to uh, Ozzie Smith to me. Um, I think Vizquel deserves to be in, even though, yeah, he might have done a dick move and uh, beat, up, beat up on his lady. There's a lot of shitty people in the Hall of Fame but they all had good stats why they played baseball. So this double standard it's it's stupid. <laughs> and then there's people that didn't do shit like wrong and they're not in the Hall of Fame. Uh it's it's weird. Anyway, so that happened on Tuesday but it happened, but nothing happened, so to speak. No, no new inductees this year. We'll see what happens in next year's ballot, um, and uh, yeah. Also, sticking to Major League Baseball, um, there's uh, news that Nolan Arenado may be traded to the Colorado Rockies, which would be huge. (laughs) He wouldn't be traded to the Colorado Rockies because he's on the Rockies. What I meant to say is Nolan Arenado would be traded from the Colorado Rockies to St. Louis Cardinals, which would be huge. Um, It's probably not gonna be official if it happens uh, until the end of the weekend or so, because uh, one, Nolan Arenado has uh, no trade clause. So he's got to formally agree to waive the no trade clause. He also had an opt-out option in his contract after 2021. Um, So I think that still has to be discussed. Um, So uh, from what I've read, he'll still have his opt-out clause after 2021, even after the trade, but um, we'll see. Um, Anyway. Assuming the Cardinals do acquire Arenado is a huge move for them, uh, but it's going to destroy the Rockies, in my opinion. Like, the fan base, it's not going to make them happy at all. Speaking of an unhappy fan base, uh, the Oakland A's have lost a few players recently. So, in addition to Liam Hendricks signing with the White Sox recently, uh, which was um, expected to happen. Uh, Marcus Simeon has signed a one-year deal Worth eighteen million with the Toronto Blue Jays, and uh, I'm not surprised he left. Um, I didn't expect the A's to match any offers that he might receive. However, the offer the A's did give Marcus Simeon was a joke, a flat-out joke. Uh, so if you haven't heard, Marcus Simeon was offered by the A's twelve point five million. Okay, so twelve point five million compared to eighteen million that should already be one indication of how bad their offer was. But it wasn't just that. It was 12.5 million, but hey, the deal we wanna work with you is we wanna give you 2.5 million for the first year and then give you 10 million, the remaining 10 million deferred over the next 10 years. So they wanted to pay in 2.5 million in 2021 and then pay him 1 million each in each of the ten following years why would Simeon ever consider to take that offer why would the A's even bother to make such such a ridiculous offer Marcus Simeon the guy you've been sticking by since you acquired him to play shortstop the man eventually uh, basically doesn't have a He hardly ever takes a day off. He's like the Iron Man of the A's. Um, He does all this stuff for the community of Oakland. He's a Bay Area kid, graduated from Cal. He wanted to stay with Oakland. And you give him that, that's a slap in the face. His ownership, you done fucked up. And there's a petition out now saying, like trying to get John Fisher to sell the team because he's, yeah, you, you say COVID, right? Okay, so an article came out that said John Fisher actually got richer during this whole COVID thing. Like, his value went up. He has the fucking money. He just doesn't want to spend it, making Billy Bean and David Force the general manager, making their jobs tougher. Billy Bean almost left the A's this year, and... He almost had another opportunity come up. He almost left. His days are numbered in Oakland, which is fine. Uh but their their general manager, David Force now, he does he does great work. But you know, it's uh it's it's tough when you don't you're not given money to work with. Uh it's obvious unless something changes dramatically. Uh, unless Fisher suddenly has a change of heart somewhere that the A's are not going to be able to keep Matt Chapman very longer they're not going to be able to keep uh, uh, Matt Olson very longer much longer it's uh, very longer what the hell am I much longer Uh, so it's not looking good for Oakland Um, will they still be competitive in 2021 I think the division's gotten a lot weaker, so I think they'll still be competitive. But it might only take 85 to 90 wins uh, to win the division. Uh, Springer's no longer on the Astros, so the Astros are a little weaker. Um, but I think the Astros are probably still the favorite to win the division. Uh, so then the one guy that I thought the A's might actually re-sign to a contract in Tommy LaStella... He signs a three year deal with the Cross Bay rival San Francisco Giants. Three years nineteen million. Three years nineteen million. You couldn't afford that. Oakland, you couldn't you couldn't offer him something that that's a steal, in my opinion. Tommy La Stella barely strikes out. He's versatile in the infield, can play second or third or first. Uh and he's a good contact hitter. Uh, so anyway, they don't—they didn't hold on to him either. So I don't know what the A's are gonna do. I don't know what their plan is here. Um, then in some more sad, <coughs> sad A's news today. Um, non-related to the players, uh, found out that their PA announcer. Dick Callahan passed away. Um, Callahan had uh, been a PA announcer for the A's for over a thousand games. He had succeeded uh, the legendary Roy Steele as PA announcer. Um, And now the A's lost another. Uh, Roy Steele actually passed away, I think, just this past year. Um, So now dick callahan has passed away um yeah roy still passed away in may 2020 so anyway that's uh that's sad sad news for A's fans um just been a tough week for ace fans really um anyway uh so let's move on to the next sport huh How about uh, hockey, NHL? Uh, The San Jose Sharks get to come back home. They get to come back home to San Jose. Santa Clara County said it was okay. Uh, The Sharks had their first home game scheduled for February 1st and February 3rd. However, the Sharks were already committed to playing their home games in Arizona for their first first two home games of the season. So they stuck around in Arizona, and we're gonna come play their home first home games in San Jose, uh, I believe, on February 13th. Uh, and then today, uh, they found out that their games on uh, February 1st and 3rd are actually postponed because of COVID cases. With the Vegas Golden Knights, the team that they were going to play on the first and third in Arizona. So those games are postponed. But that might actually be a good thing for the Sharks. um, Because uh, now they'll get to make up those games at their actual home arena. And... Regroup a little bit. They've had a had a couple of tough games recently against the Avalanche. Colorado was good. Uh, they lost seven to three on Tuesday, January twenty sixth, and then lost again yesterday, three to nothing, January twenty eighth uh, against Colorado. So their next game now won't be till Friday, February fifth in Anaheim. So they'll play two games in Anaheim, and then two games in Los Angeles against the Kings, and then they'll be at home on February 13th against the Ducks again. Uh so hopefully the time off the Sharks can regroup a little bit and uh get ready for those games. Uh they're flying back to the Bay Area today, I think, or tonight, um a little earlier than expected. So that's good that they actually get to come home. Uh the county is letting them come home. Um and then finally, uh NBA uh basketball. Uh the Warriors in general they look pretty good, but like Steph Curry says when they lose, they they lose pretty bad. <laughs> uh they're uh, I believe 10 and 9 now. 10 and 9 record. Um the Warriors lost to the Phoenix Suns yesterday 114 to 93 after beating uh the Timberwolves two straight games and then they lost to the jazz prior to that but yeah most of their games they lose by almost 20 points it seems like uh when they do lose um i don't know what that means really just means like when they lose they lose (laughs) when they lose they really lose the one game that they let's see i'm trying to see here what was the closest loss they had it looks like the closest loss they had was on January 6th when they lost by 7 points to the Clippers. Other than that, they've been... oh well, they lost to the Pacers 104-95 to on the 12th and to the Nuggets on the 14th, 114-104. But then you have some lopsided ones. Uh, you lose to the Jazz 127-108. Uh, lose to... Lose to the Bucks, one thirty-eight to ninety-nine. Lose to the Nets, one twenty-five to ninety-nine. So yeah, some of those are pretty lopsided. Anyway, um, yeah, the Warriors have the Detroit Pistons coming up tomorrow um, at seven o'clock. Um, so see what happens there. Then it looks like they're going to be playing Boston. On Tuesday, February second, for Groundhog Day, but they only play them once. So those those are one game sets against Detroit and Boston, both at home, and then they'll play the Mavericks for two games apiece. Two games, I mean, they'll play the Mavericks on February fourth and February sixth. So anyway, uh, so yeah, the Warriors are are you know they're doing good, but they're they still need. They're going to need a little bit more if they're going to want to make a run here in this, this season. There was uh, trade rumors with regarding Kelly Oubre Jr., uh, whether he might be traded or not, and nothing's happened. Um, still kind of early in the season. From what I've seen uh, from the games I've watched here, um, I wouldn't trade Oubre myself. Um, I also read a rumor of trading J- James Wiseman, their t- their draft pick, their top center guy to um the washington wizards for bradley beal i heard i saw that was a rumor and i wouldn't do that either even though bradley Beal's scoring at a ridiculous rate right now um i wouldn't trade him nope wouldn't do it um but yeah that's pretty much all the sports going on right now we do have the australian open starting soon which i'm excited to watch some of I'll be having a stay up late at night, which I've been doing pretty much anyway. Uh, but the Australian Open uh starting a little later this year. Um, I believe it starts on February 8th. Yeah, Monday, February 8th it begins, concluding on February 21st. So I'm looking forward to watching the Australian Open. Um, there was maskless crowds at the uh, Australian Open. Opus Tennis Exhibition in COVID-free Adelaide uh, which was just the other day that's that's crazy 4,000 cra- 4,000 crowds sat all next to each other damn Australia's lucky anyway um i was just looking at that sorry got distracted but uh yeah apparently australia is gonna have some fans watching tennis this year um so that's good but yeah anyway that's pretty much it for the sports um do have a little plug if you're looking for a show to watch it's not for me it's for a buddy of mine um uh, not really, even a buddy of mine, just someone that I worked with back in the day. Uh, Joey Bragg, uh, he started stand-up comedy when he was thirteen. Uh, I did some shows with him back back then when he was thirteen. This is like eleven years ago. He was born in Union City, um, Union City, California. Uh, he now resides in L.A., I believe. Uh, anyway, he has a show that he's on now on ABC called "Call Your Mother." Uh, I've watched the first three episodes now. They're pretty good. They're not bad. Uh, funny stuff if you're into sitcoms. um, So just want to give Joey a plug there. Uh, Check it out. See if you like it. It's definitely a show your mom would probably like. <laughs> Hence the name, Call Your Mother. Anyway, uh, that's all for now. All right, guys. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Where's the stop button?